And now to confuse you even further, live from New York, it's Saturday night. Hello and welcome to Best of Fives. This is part two of the Best of Fives miniseries, Saturday Night Live Character Edition. This episode is going to be the 1980s. Once again, I am Derek, and as always, I am joined by the lovely and talented Mr. Chris. Saturday Night Live! Oh my goodness, it's, it's the ghost of Don Pardo. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are back again. If you listen to our first episode, we uh, we muddled through the 70s, which was a little hard just because it was not really either of our timelines. And uh, the, the it was a shorter it was a shorter decade because they only did yeah. four what four seasons. Uh, now we're into the 80s, which bred some amazing characters. I mean, you had actors like. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers, Phil Hartman, uh, Martin Short, um, you know, Joe Piscopo, but we don't talk about him. What? Uh, don't bring him up. <laughs> uh, but he better, he better not be on your list, too, by no, the way. please. <laughs> I mean, the I will say, the one thing I always liked Joe Piscopo doing was Sinatra. Yes. But, when he, he, but he Phil does... Hartman did it better. I don't know. I, I just... I like Piscopo's better. Well, Piscopo's Sinatra is best known for being with Eddie Murphy, doing uh, yeah. doing Ebony and Ivory with Stevie yes. Wonder. Yes. But uh, actually, now that reminds me of something from my honorable mentions list. Uh, we were just talking about Eddie Murphy before we started recording. So once again, we are going to do our top five characters based on the decade of the 80s and... Um, Chris, why don't you start us off with your number five? The 80s, you know, for us, the 80s is, was the best decade ever of all decades. Oh, of course. Because I guess we we grew up then and the movies were great and, and the music was great. And it's the fucking 80s and all. It was just, it was just, I wish I could go back in time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick a decade to live in, it would be the 80s. Oh, guaranteed. Um, my number five... <sighs> Talking about Eddie Murphy, it's Eddie Murphy character. Okay. Because I just fucking love Eddie Murphy. Even when he's not funny, I still love him because he's Eddie Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) This character I never cared for as a child, never even – I did have a toy, though, of this, but I just never cared until he played fucking Gumby. That's 
the special. Pardon me, damn it, I blew it. It's very funny stuff. Don't well, miss it. Well, I'm sure that everyone out there will be glued to their TV sets for this one, Gumby. <laughs> Don't sass me, smarty pants. At least my special ain't gonna be on at 12.30 in the morning. Don't pull your wiseacre stuff on Gumby. I am show business. I am supreme. Who are you? Nothing. You're big at the Harvard dormitory, that's it. <laughs> well, by golly, looks like there'll be no late-night facial blotter for you, Gumby. Hey, hey, hey Mr. Late-Night, you're up against a test pattern and you're losing, all right? You stink. Well, thanks for being here, Gumby. Go uh, to the dentist, baby. Join us tomorrow when our guests will be Richard Belzer, Elaine Boozer, and Tom Higgins, an NBC I janitor like you, who will take us on a tour I don't of like an you. NBC janitor's I don't like your style. I don't like your show. Hey, funny moment. Funny moment. Oh, good pick. Um, in '82, according to Eddie Murphy, when the when the when the, the TV cameras turned off, the um, sweet and innocent Gumby <laughs> reverted to his true self—a cigar chomping, uh, foul mouth, highly demanding character—and <laughs> he would always say, "I'm Gumby, damn it." <laughs> And just Eddie in that costume with his face painted green and just so pissed and just walking around angry and young and everybody. I never was a Gumby fan or, or Pokey fan. You know what I mean? But when Eddie put on the costume, I'm Gumby, damn it! <laughs> One of my favorites, Eddie oh, Murphy. It's, it's a classic. Oh, yeah. And I that's mean, not the only Eddie Murphy on my list. Well, I Sports. mean, seriously, Eddie Murphy was only on through... What the two, ju- just two a, years, right? I yeah, think. just a few years, and he had so many memorable characters. Yeah, yeah, and and I wish like I don't know when he came on like was Bill Murray was gone or something maybe or Chevy. Like, I wish they were all together at the same time, you know? Oh yeah, Christ! I'm cool. sure they would have loved a you know a 19 year old kid coming in and showing them all up. Yeah, yeah, he he was <laughs> young man. He he really. You fucking skyrocketed from SNL, you oh, know? sure, yeah. That's my number five. Gumby, good, damn it! It's a good pick. Thank you. Uh, my number five uh, is a Dana Carvey actor uh, character. Love Dana Carvey. And um, I, I was going to go with Garth, but instead I went with one that is has been an ear, you know, uh, earworm in my head for, well, since the 80s, and... Every now and again, and every time I'm, I see the product, I have to sing this song, and that would be Derek Stevens, uh, the jingle Rocky. piano yes. writer. And Holy Chris, shit! And Chris is already giggling over there. Yeah. And, that, and for anybody that has no idea, because I didn't even know his name was Derek Stevens, and literally my name is Derek Steven. That's kind of weird. Is it really? It is Derek Steven, my middle name. Um, but for anybody who has no idea who that character is, all I gotta say is, she's chopping broccoli. Well, these are just sort of works in progress, you uh-huh. know. But um, all right, here goes. Uh, this one I call um, the lady I know. <laughs> Went down 
broccoli. Chop and broccoli. She chop and broccoli. <laughs> he, I wrote that down as I will mention. Yeah, yeah, because as soon as I was like, "Who's this?" and I and then it said Danny Carvey. I said, "Oh my god, that's his name." Yes. Um, do you remember who was in that sketch with him, the celebrity? I do not. I just do. I just remember him saying, "Time, time, back away." It was the uh, the very sexy at the time, Sigourney Weaver. No. Yeah. Was she on? Well, was she on for Ghostbusters? Like uh, when that was out? I don't know. I don't know what she was promoting, but uh, it might have been Alien or Aliens, I guess, in the eighties. Eighty six, I think that one was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now Dana Carvey did this bit, I think, just once, and then he did it in his comedy special. Yeah, he does that a lot now on his comedy tours. Yeah, and and he does the full song, and it's. It's hysterical, and seriously, I mean, I'll put it in, but I, I could sing the whole thing now. I will not, but I could sing the whole thing now, and it's just so funny. Um, he's basically being forced to make up a song on the spot to promote uh, the product or you know sell his next album, and he just starts singing about broccoli. And it's how, and and you you can tell he's just winging it. Oh yeah. He's just singing whatever. Chopping broccoli. He's just singing whatever he wants to get. Chopping, chopping, chopping. <laughs> We've been doing this whole like trying to eat healthy thing in the last few months. And I love broccoli. And my wife really likes it too. So we'll steam up a bunch of it. And whichever one of us happens to be cooking, the other one clearly every single time walks in the room and goes, chopping broccoli. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just That's one great. of those things that stuck with us. Yeah, That's a. As I will mention, like he, if I, if it was like a number of top five, uh, yeah, top six list, he would yeah. be on it. Well, there yeah. you go. So, who do you have at number four? Number four is another Dana Carvey character. Okay. And this one has another buddy who I never thought what was funny. I don't know. I I, I don't know. He's funny now on a, on a show that we watch, but Kevin Nealon. Okay. Hans and Franz. Again, you know, I am Hans. And I am Franz. You know, normally we would be here to pump you up. No, but not tonight. We're not no. here to pump. Oh yeah. It's it was it was Carvey and Nealon. They were like a pair of, of, of Austrian jocks. You know, they were obviously mocking um Schwarzenegger. Well, they were supposed to be like his cousins or something, weren't they? Were they? I don't yeah. know. Were, were yeah. they his cousins? Yeah, they were like trying to trade on his name. Uh, that that's even funnier, and they had like big sweatshirts on, and and they had like muscles, and you know Hansa Fonda to pump you up. They they were talking like like Arnold. They couldn't pick up anything. They couldn't move anything. 
it was just and it was a constant thing. It was like a, a you know, pumping iron spoof and everything. Mm. They were constantly like, like posing. I think Arnold came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did an episode. Yeah, one episode and and calling them like like girly and weak and everything. And it's like when you think which here's here's a character Hans and Franz. I could have fucking sworn they were like in the nineties. Yeah, I guess they were in the late eighties. I guess. I guess. I guess. I, I never knew like when. When Eddie's, you know, air was gone, and here comes Dana and Mike Myers and Neilan and Tim Meadows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they actually did. Um, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what the product was, but like a few years back, they brought them back to do television commercials for something. Yeah. Yeah. What was that for? I don't know. Probably like a credit card or something. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, Hans and Franz. They're gonna pump you up. They're my number four. Well, that's a good pick. Thank you. Uh, my number four has already been mentioned. And is my... it damn it? <laughs> it's damn it. Uh, <laughs> it would be it would be Eddie Murphy as Gumby. Hi. Uh, yeah, kid. How you doing? Look, I, I'm sure you're a great actor, but you're not quite right for this movie we're doing, the Victor Mature story. Uh, we're looking for a leading man. Hey, I'm flexible. Yeah, uh, that's the problem. You're a character actor, see. I know what the problem is. I'm not tall enough, right? You're not tall enough, right? All right, big shot. Maybe you're not going to hire me now. But in 30 years, I'm going to be Mr. Entertainment. And then you're going to be sorry because I'm Gumby, damn it. Cut! Cut! Who told you to say damn it, damn it? (laughs) Who told you to say damn it? Did I tell you to say damn it? be truer to the character. Hey, who's directing this picture? Me. Who wrote this picture? Me. This is the Gumby story, damn it. And Gumby does not say damn it. The line is, I am Gumby by gum. All right? That's awesome. Um, so I, I think that might be the only overlapping one we have. Um, I, I loved Eddie Murphy as Gumby. And I was a kid that actually did like Gumby. And my grandfather still has a Gumby and a pokey in his mm-hmm. house. Like one of those little rubber ones, and every yeah. every time I see it, it's I'm Gumby, damn it. Which the kids <laughs> the kids don't get it, but it makes me and my cousin laugh. So you know, um, specifically my favorite Gumby is um, when he did the Christmas special. Do you remember the Christmas special, Chris? Uh, I do. I do not. Okay, so he does. He the '80s and the '70s were like this big thing for holiday specials where they would get a whole bunch of people together, a whole bunch of kind of like B-list celebrities or what have you. And they would put on like, like a variety show kind of holiday special, similar to star Wars holiday special, except kind of good. Um, (laughs) and Gumby was hosting one of these for Christmas. And, uh, he was just getting more and more pissed off because, you know, like people are making a scene in his house or what have you. And at one point, he had uh, Donnie and Marie, um, and it was Julia, Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus, and okay. I, don't, I don't remember who the guy was. And they're singing some Christmassy song to one another, and there had always been, like, in the real world, some speculation that maybe they were a little bit closer than brother and sister should be. So they start making out on the Gumby special, and... You just see Eddie Murphy grab the two of them and pull them apart, and he's screaming, Donnie and Marie! Donnie and Marie! And it's just so funny. Like, he's just getting more and more frustrated through the whole special. (laughs) 
and of course she ends it chewing on his cigar yelling i'm gumby damn it so that's that's it's one of his classic characters from SNL. Oh, absolutely. you know what i mean yeah i i had a hard time picking an eddie murphy but because seriously just so, there's what? just so many good ones yeah i, I could have made a top five eddie murphy SNL. i know i mean you know? it probably would have we've uh, would have had the same people just in a different order excellent excellent choice thank you sir what do you got for number three well eddie murphy's my number three also okay um the character is is buckwheat <laughs> little, little rascals boy it's been a long time them dim days hi i'm buckwheat remember me <laughs> And I have compiled for you and your listening pedger some of my favorite songs. <laughs> it's all here on this unspectacular offer. But we sing. <laughs> Take a whistle. Aunt Ties. Three times I made it. Yes, they're all here. Looking for nub in all the wrong places. Looking for nub. Once Buckwheat sings a song, it's eternally his. It died, dead a diver, then on the died it died. Made it David Um, all I remember was I think it was all the characters, just just older. Like yeah. I think Joe, Joe Piscopo played Froggy or something, and they were just older, you know, in their lives. And what which cracked me the fuck up was, was I think it was about Buckwheat getting shot, right? Oh my god, yeah, that, that whole was thing. Amazing. When it would mock like the whole like JFK assassination or something, because someone tried to kill Buckwheat, but then someone shot the guy trying to kill Buckwheat. And then he, it was like almost like an Elvis thing, where is he dead? Is he not dead? And there's Buckwheat sightings. And you see Eddie Murphy in the Buckwheat outfit, like walking across a field or something, and he waves or, or something. Um, it's one of his his greatest characters, you know. Ote and the hair, the big the big hair afro going on. Oh sure, that um, episode was great because they did it in a way that like they were interrupting sketches. Yeah. To, break, to have Kevin Nealon break in with news reports about the possible death of <laughs> of the character, and it's like. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, it it was so great. Like, I wish I don't I didn't watch I didn't watch any of this before this episode, and I and I want to now because I just remember cracking out when I was seeing him. He he would get shot in his face. How he was holding his chest or his side, yeah. and he falls down and shit. Buckwheat, fantastic. Eddie Murphy is two on my list so far. Do you remember um, Buckwheat sings? Yeah. Yeah, and he would just start singing like all the all the classics of the day, but he would do it with like that buckwheat uh, Elmer Fudd style voice. I remember Betty Davis eyes, deep and dabba, deep and dot. Betty Davis. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You got to put that in there. Okay, I will. <laughs> yeah. Buckwheat. Right, so, so that was your number three. Yes. Okay, uh, my number three is a Mike Myers character. Ooh! Yes, uh, this sketch that he did, he did this sketch several times, and it was so freaking weird 
and I loved every minute of it. Um, and he played a character named Dieter, who was the host of Sprockets. You may know him as the wacky neighbor from Munich TV's hit comedy, Who Are You to Accuse Me? <laughs> Please welcome Karl-Heinz Schalke. Welcome to Sprocket, Karl-Heinz. Danke, Dieter. Karl-Heinz, you are beautiful and angular. And if you were a gas, you'd be a nerd. And it was a German television talk show uh, where he was like an artistic type, all in black, and he would have guests on, and they would... Like, at one point, he had um, Jimmy Stewart on. Not the real Jimmy Stewart, obviously. But, was it like Jim Carrey doing it? Because he always does good Jimmy Stewart. Um, I think it was Phil Hartman. Okay. Because you got to remember, this was the 80s, and at that point, Jim Carrey was do- like barely doing In Living Color. True. You're right. Um, so he was this eccentric television host. He had a capuchin monkey next to him, and he used to scream at his guests to pet his <laughs> monkey. Lieber my Ashminki! And, and then they would have to pet his monkey. Um, he would announce that the, the sponsor for the episode was always some European company like Ikea or Lego. And then the best part was, <laughs> yeah. you know, he would interrupt the interview to yell, this is the time on Sprockets where we dance. And then they would start doing like this 80s voguing kind of a dance with him and all of his other little uh sidekicks who were all all head to toe wearing black and they would just start dancing very strangely um it it was so weird and it was just one of those things like the 80s were really good with that whole like niche cult classic kind of character thing right i i loved it. it it was always one of my favorites like mike myers is another one that had a whole bunch of really good characters Absolutely, yeah. But he's definitely, Dieter was always one of my favorites. Well, I'm seeing a trend, because every time you pick pick something, I pick the next one for me is the same actor. (laughs) Well, okay. Number two for me, when you think the 80s, which here's one here, I thought it was in the 90s, guaranteed, because I think the movie came out in the 90s, and it was a fucking huge smash. Okay. Fucking Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Wayne's World. catch a whiff of it, man, I'm going to spew. All right? And if I blow chunks, chances are someone else is going to honk, all right? Okay. And that's going to set off a peristaltic chain reaction. All right? Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. 
there's nothing to even say. Like, like, like if you know SNL, Wayne's World, you think of immediately. It's, it's you know, Wayne and Garth, and they were best buddies, and they did a show out of their basement, and and this, and there's all those famous like excellent party time, you know, as if or it's just so much shit came from fucking Wayne's World. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. There was there was that that film was fucking enormous. That was like what nineteen ninety maybe I don't even know. Yeah, it was the early nineties. It was they, yeah ninety two. Created swing. Yeah, swing. Yeah, it was. And then then later on they, they always had like a guest downstairs, like a hot model, and yeah, they did swing and, and the <laughs> guitar and excellent. Or, or uh, the episode where they had, uh, I think it was like Wayne's cousin was Tom Hanks, and he was the roadie for Aerosmith. Oh yeah, yeah. And they oh yeah, Aerosmith. they check one, check 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 one. Yeah. Syphilis, syphilis. Yes, syphilis, syphilis. Um, I just I, heard that, um, should talk about the movie for a split second. I yeah. just heard that um, they're making the biopic for Queen. And they're in talks to add the Bohemian Rhapsody scene from Wayne's World. Oh, duh, that's, yeah, that's the iconic like, scene. Yeah, as as I don't know what I mean, I don't know how. I'm assuming it's like a biopic leading up to them being a huge success, but like maybe that gets added in later or something like that. And they were in talks about reshooting that scene or something like that with with Mike Myers and Dennis Carter. I, I don't know. I would I imagine saw... not because they both they both look a little uh, ragged mm-hmm. at this point. I saw a um, still shot. The guy from Mr. Robot is it called? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a photo of him as as um, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And he does look dead on almost. Yeah. But yeah, that scene in Wayne's World, man, when they're singing the whole fucking song. No, no, no. That's a, a classic Wayne's World moment, you know. And it, oh, yeah. it's it's a movie that sometimes a movie from SNL skits suck. Like part two like, was not that good. Like it's Pat. Yeah, it's Pat. Yeah, it's Pat. Um, but Wayne's World, there's nothing. There's so much, so much to say about it. But everyone already knows about Wayne's World. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's my number two: uh, Myers and Dana Carvey, Wayne and Garth. Party on! Party on, Chris. Party on, Derek. <laughs> I must say, Garth. <laughs> <laughs> um. My number two is another kind of uh, a kitschy character. Um, it was a Phil Hartman character, which I'm I'm shocked that it's taken us this long to get to Phil Hartman. Yeah, he was great on that on SNL, man. Oh yeah, uh, this is the anal retentive chef. The following program is brought to you by a grant from the Chubb Group. Welcome to the Anal Retentive Chef. I'm Gene. Today we're going to be making pepper steak. Now you're going to need one large bell pepper, three onions, exactly two inches in diameter, and 17 and a third ounces of lean beef cut into 43 pieces. Okay, let's get started. Now, I've already cut up my bell pepper. Look at this. Isn't this nice? See how all the pieces are the same size? You know, people try to tell you that the secret to pepper steak is the seasoning, but we know different, don't we? Uh Uh-huh. It's getting all the pieces 
the same size. That's right. And that's what I've done here. Did you ever see the anal retentive chef? I, I had to have, and it sounds familiar, but I'm drawing a blank. So in the 80s, we had really two cooking shows that I remember. And it was uh, Julia Child and the Frugal Gourmet. And the Frugal Gourmet used to cook a meal on a budget because he was frugal. Um, and my grandmother loved the Frugal Gourmet. And I watched it quite a bit between that and like Pyramid. We used to watch that all the time. And um, so this character really stuck out to me. So basically the plot line of this is it's Phil Hartman as a knockoff of the Frugal Gourmet. But instead of being frugal, he's obsessive compulsive. Okay. So he would cut a piece of meat for his for his dish like he was going to make a steak. He would cut a piece of meat and then he'd have to pull out a piece of tin foil to wrap the rest of the meat, but it had to be in a perfect square and if it wasn't in a perfect square then we had to throw the tin foil out, but we couldn't just throw the tin foil out. We had to put it in a paper bag. <laughs> you know, and it just got more and more obsessive to the point where like he was doing little circles and tapping his foot on the table and stuff like that. And it he could never finish the dish just because he had so many weird, quirky obsessions. And all have, he wanted to do was cook the meal. Yeah. Well, yeah. But um, I he always made me laugh. And Phil Hartman is another one, like Eddie and like Mike, that it was just really hard to just nail down one character. Yeah. And I I still think that he that was one of my favorite characters that he ever did. That that's it's so sad. Did did his wife kill him? Yeah. Thoughts. So. Yeah. That's, do you that's... remember? Do you remember the opening that that to his time on Saturday Night Live? There was a, a a woman sitting at his booth when they would show Phil Hartman and say his name. No. So so the opening, like every other opening, would be like a list of the cast members for that yeah. season. Yeah. And it, it was like Phil Hartman sitting at a booth, like at a diner or something, and he would look up and smile. You okay. And, and there was a woman sitting at his booth, and if you watch it, she she's clearly turning her head back away from the camera. Well, that was his wife, and she was looking at the camera, and they told her, no, you you don't need to look at the camera. Nobody knows who you are. And from what I have read over the years, that was part of the, I mean, not that specifically, but that was part of the reason why she uh, went Looney Tunes and killed him. Oh was that God. he had spotlight and she didn't? I I want to go see that opening scene now just to I see know, that. Because right? and they had kids, right? I think so. Did did she just kill him and 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 that's it? Or yeah, I think she killed him and then herself. <sighs> yeah, that was sad. Yeah, because I mean, I'm not the one to to talk, but wasn't he like a big Simpsons guy, a voice? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he was he was Lionel Hutz. You know, I mean, uh, he was Troy McClure. He, you know, he was a big part of The Simpsons. But uh, yeah, I, I remember when he passed because I was a big fan of news radio. Yeah, I never watched that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved news radio. It was so funny and so smart. And then he passed away, and and I remember reading. They're like, we don't know what we're gonna do. And they kind of they came back into the next season because it was between seasons. Who who took over? Um, John, uh, uh, Lovitz, John Lovitz took over. That's right. Yeah. And, and it was like in between seasons that it happened and they started the next season coming back from his character's funeral. Oh, man. And it was just, it was just heart wrenching, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
That's a shame. Yeah. All right. Number one, right? Yes, number one on that sad note. I had two Eddie Murphy's on my list. Okay. Now I'm going to have three. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. You had Gumby. Yes. You had Opie. Hmm. I have two honorable mentions, and those are neither of them. So uh, this is I'm, this is obvious. I, I think I know who it is. Go go for it. Because we grew up as a as a child watching um, Sesame Street, Electric Company, and Mister Rogers. That's right. So then, when Eddie Murphy did a spoof of Mister Rogers called Mister Robinson's Neighborhood. Mr. Rogers lived in a nice neighborhood, you know, the fucking trees were green and the birds were singing and it was gorgeous. While Mr. Robinson, I guess, lived across town <laughs> in the slumlords with the sirens and people screaming. Um, he would actually, would, I'm going by fucking memory here. Mr. Rogers would call him in the front door, take off his sweater, take off his shoes. Hi, boys and girls. Talk to the camera. Eddie Murphy, Mr. Robinson, were coming through the fucking window. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because <laughs> he, whatever, he just stole groceries or he robbed a bank or some, or drugs. He did a fucking drug deal. But he would still talk like Mr. Rogers. Hi, boys and girls. You know, I just got a, whatever. I got a ton of cocaine. Can you say <laughs> cocaine? Then, you know, he would look at the camera. Good, good. Then the cops were at his door and they were knocking his door. He would make that that cute little s- sweet face of, oh, who's at the door? Then he would turn to the door and go, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> then there was, which I think, I wanted, I remember a Star, I don't know, Hanks or Keaton, I don't know, was a cop or something and trying to, to, to come in. And I think Mr. Speedy was one of the, the drug dealers played by Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Um, he, it was just, he, he would, he would like point, you know, he would have a sign like with the word bitch on it or something. And he would point, can you say the word bitch? <laughs> <laughs> it was just so like, it's total opposite of Mr. Rogers, but it's oh, Eddie absolutely. Murphy just, you know, you know, trying to out. He, I remember him hanging up his sweater. He would fall to the fucking ground and he would like just shut the door. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorites of his and all. Oh Yeah. 
Yeah, like like we had said before, you know, Eddie Murphy was 19 when he did SNL. Yeah. And and the things that he got away with on SNL were amazing. Like, I always hear stories. There was a, a cool podcast, I'll say five, seven years ago. Um, Kevin Smith. It was ABC's – no, with with SNL or SNL's ABC or something. It was him and John Lovitz before their whole – outing yeah, yeah, yeah and he would just tell stories about lauren michaels and the cast like of how like like lauren michaels always seems like a person who's you have to fucking impress him you gotta make right. him laugh right and whatever eddie did at fucking 19 man he he was on board immediately you know what i mean and that's why he left so soon because he was a fucking big star. He he went out and did movies and all, you know, Forty Eight Hours, or whatever, and Billy was cop. I mean, he fucking became a fucking star overnight, you know. Oh yeah. But yeah, Beverly Hills Cop is still one of my all-time favorites. That's a movie which I don't think Luke has ever like. That's one which I gotta have him watch. You oh know yeah. I mean? But oh, that's man. my number He'll one. I laugh and watching that. Well, yeah, and I'm trying to think. There, there has to be boobs in that one, right? Um, they they do go to the strip club at one yeah. point, but I think it's like real low key. We were we were we're watching. This is hard. We're watching the that show on USA. Um, the Center. Okay, with, with uh, uh, Jessica Beals. Yes, it's really good. It's like only eight eight episodes. Once it's on and it's, it's over, it's over. There's there's no next season. It's just, it's done. Once and done. Okay. And on, on USA, it's it's Bill Bill um Bill Pullman's on. He's cheating with his wife, and and in USA shows shit. They're having sex, and you see this fat girl's ass on top of him. Oh wow! Jessica Biel's character has a weird childhood where her sister, who's dying. Asks her about like what are you doing during sex? Like where does he touch you? And then they show they she's touching her sister on the breast and whatnot, and it's weird. And we're watching it, and it's just we're watching this kind of shit with Luke. <laughs> but he yeah. smiles there, you know what I mean? Well, he, I was I was sitting next to you at Atomic Blonde. I I'm well aware oh, of how yes. weird it is. Yeah, he's he's enjoying the boobs. Every time we do that Elm Street commentary, he um he asks, "Is there boobs?" Oh God. <laughs> But anyway, back to uh, number one, Eddie Murphy. It, it, no, no questions asked, Mister Robinson. That's a good pick. Uh, my number one. Okay. Uh, I actually don't even know the names of the characters. Ooh. But it is uh, Harry Shear and uh, Martin Short, and this is one of those short video digital shorts before digital shorts was a thing. Uh, it's the Synchronized Swimming Brothers. Officially, it's got, you know, like zero acceptance. In it. I don't swim. Well, swim. So, I mean, no, of course not. Nobody is just going to walk up and hand us a gold medal, especially since men's synchro isn't even in the 88 Olympics yet. But that's okay, because we could use the time. Because I'm, I'm not that strong a swim. But, I mean, that just means that, you know, in like 92, we're a lot for the gold. Yeah. Yep. I remember exactly back of that. Yeah. So it's uh, Christopher Guest, who I adore, who did Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, all that kind of stuff, uh, is a swimming coach. And he has these two brothers, played by Harry Shearer and Martin Short, who want to become the first male synchronized swimming team for the Olympics. Um, 
And Martin Short, to put it nicely, is a bit of a dim bulb. <laughs> um, and they're they're basically it's a, it's a, a mini documentary where they're discussing the struggles of becoming Olympic synchronized swimming uh, competitors as males. And there's just a scene in there where Harry Shear's talking about the difficulties and Martin Short looks into the camera and, I mean, he's just got this big old moon face and is, you know, kind of spaced out. And he goes, yeah, I don't swim too good, you know? And it's just like they're in the pool together and Harry Shear's doing his stuff and Martin Short's covered in um, floaties. He's got like a life vest on and goggles and everything. <laughs> um and there's there's this great scene where he uh, Chris Guest is trying to teach them the routine, and they're supposed to like point at each other. And uh, Martin Short is just like forcing this finger at his brother, like like angry, like. And he goes, "No, no, no, you're not angry at him. It's more like you're pointing at him, saying like, hey, you, I know you, I know you.' <laughs> and it's just such a goofy sketch. And the way Martin Short plays the the slower brother just kills me every single time I watch it and watching the two of them, like, cause it's, it's the eighties and Harry Shearer at the time was like this gorilla of a hairy man with this giant mustache and, and Martin shorts, like wearing all the protective gear and they're just doing little circles in the pool. And it, it, it just kills me every time I watch it. See, here's, that's a character too. Martin short. Was he on SNL? Yeah. See, I always thought he came from SCTV. He did. And he stayed there. Like, is, is Ed Grimley an SNL character? It is. Okay. It's on my honorable mentions list. That's on my list, too. I saw that, but I was like, I thought he brought that with him from um, whatever I just said. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if he did that on SCTV or not. Okay. But, but like, Dan Aykroyd came from SCTV. Um, uh, John Candy, who I know wasn't a a cast member on SNL, but John Candy was from there. You know, a ton of, ton of people came from SCTV that we see on a regular basis, like Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas, all those guys came from SCTV. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always, I always thought that that was that they, like, like Steve Martin and, and, and uh, Martin Short, like they came from, they, they're always on SNL, but they weren't on SNL, you know, but right. I was wrong about that. No, Martin Short was on one of those like really bizarro seasons that had like Julia Louis Dreyfus and um, you know, like some some other kind of like less than famous people. Right, right. Like the, the the year that I always think that was like awful was the little guy from Police Academy. Remember that little guy? Bobcat? No, the little nerdy old guy not old. He was just so like oh, so weak. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was. He came from. I think he was from on SNL, and so was the guy. Don't know his name. He's dead now too. Um, Charlie Rocket. Oh yeah. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, also like Anthony Michael Hall was on yeah, SNL, and yeah. um, Robert Downey Jr. was on SNL. It was like one year was the whole new cast, and then the next year was it was, I guess Sandler and Spade and all those guys came yeah. up or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be an exciting one. Yeah, he that's might have gonna to be do, like. Best of ten for that one. I've trust me, I, I got maybe ten honorable mentions in the nineties, so <laughs> So so my number one was the synchronized swimming brothers. Excellent list. Excellent list. Well what do you got for uh, honorable mentions? 
I only have th- uh, three. Okay. Ed Grimley, because I love Martin Short. Yeah. The Church Lady. Oh, that was a good one, yeah. Danny Carvey. And I wrote this down, and I don't, I forget. I wrote down the word, I don't know. But yeah, the Chopin Broccoli. Derek yeah. Stevens. I was like, who's that again? Okay, what Derek did. Those, those are my, <laughs> my three. Um, I had Mr. Robinson, that you already had. Yes. Uh, Ed Grimley as well. Um, do you remember the cartoon? The cartoon. They did an Ed Grimley cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because, you know. He was such a popular SNL character that kids wanted to watch him on Saturday mornings. Got to milk it, yeah. Before their parents watched him on Saturday nights. Um, I had Lothor of the Hill People, which was a Mike Myers character. Who? What was that? Pardon me. Uh, Lothor of the Hill People was a leader of a nomadic tribe, um, where. You know, they were like cavemen, but they were like a little bit more advanced than cavemen. They were like medieval times, I guess. And they would discuss the the trappings of the day. And like at one point, a woman came into their village. And I think it was Linda Hamilton, but I could Ooh. be wrong about that. Okay. And they were like talking about how their wives deal with uh, a certain period of time and this certain month. And, you know, like they just had like all of these euphemisms for how they deal with their wives during that time. But it was like he would just come in and talk to the people and he was just kind of like this medieval troll kind of a guy. But he was always really funny. Um, and I also had uh, Eddie Murphy as James Brown. Yes. James James Brown celebrity hot tub party. Too hot in the hot tub. Hot too, too hot. hot. Yes. Too hot in the hot tub. Which is another one that anytime the water's too hot, you got to say it. Too hot. Too yeah. hot in the hot tub. Too hot in the hot tub. Burn my foot. <laughs> oh, man. Eddie Murphy is the best. Oh, absolutely. So do you want to go down five to one for us, Chris? Sure. Um, My number five, I'm Gumby, damn it. Number four is Hans and Franz, pump you up. Number three was Otay Buckwheat. Number two was Party On. Excellent, Wayne's World. And number one, who is it? Mr. Robinson. Huh, that kind of worked out perfect. It did. (laughs) Uh, My number five was Chopping Broccoli, Derek Stevens. Uh, My number four was Gumby Dammit. Uh, My number three was Dieter from Sprockets. Uh... My number two was the anal retentive chef, Phil Hartman, rest in peace. And my number one were the brothers, Harry Shear and Martin Short, as the uh, synchronized swimmers. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, this one was uh, a, a little bit easier than the 70s. Yes. Yeah, and the, the 90s was good to do. Cause we wrote, I wrote down so many, but we will see what that brings. Yeah. Uh, my 90s list, just to give you a little preview, is kind of off the beaten track uh i kind of didn't go with the most common people but then Uh i have this quite heavy list after it of all my honorable mentions oh by the way i also loved all of these characters too so that one might be a little bit longer okay (laughs) but for now that was our uh snl 1980s character best of five uh If you haven't listened to it already, go back and listen to the 70s one that we posted. And coming soon will be the 90s one, followed by the 
the 2000s and eventually the 2010s and maybe by the time we're done this we could start working on the 2020s <laughs> oh christ if, if, they, if they don't cancel that show ever um in the meantime go listen to every other news as product i mean if you like star wars or if you like movies or if you love the 80s or if you love you know older music versus newer music you know we got something for you if you like space if you like halloween we got you covered um go check out our massive massive library of amazing shows uh you can go to neozaz.com you could go to our facebook page at facebook.com slash neozaz you could go to our twitter account uh you can go check our fbi records if you'd like you know whatever you want i mean i wouldn't do that <laughs> no oh well you know those those pictures of chris and address are still out there somewhere people I, go find them i i i was for the temple and I think seventh or eighth grade. So yes, there is one of me in a dress. Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> I was. You should have never said that out loud, Chris. No. Anyway, no one has it. Anyway, I'm sure your mom's got it somewhere. Probably. <laughs> anyway, uh, so once again for uh, best of fives, I have been your host Derek, and hosting with me has been the lovely Chris. That is me. That is he, and we will see you next time on Best of Fives. <laughs>